Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. We're approaching the end of August, which means if you'd like bonus episodes of the podcast, oh, guess what? There's a place for you. It's called the Patreon forward slash dot coms. Yep. That's all. The, that's the website. Patreon.com forward slash <laughs> excellent adventure. <laughs> gov. Uh, excellent adventure. She spoke over my very clear reading slash memory um, of the URL. I already posted a call for questions. For right. If you want to sign up now, get your questions in before we record. We're probably going to record Monday or Tuesday. So This is true. There's still time. Yep. Anyway, head over there. Ask us whatever. We will probably answer it. I don't. I can't think of a question that we haven't answered over on Patreon. Yeah, so. we we answer like ninety seven percent of questions. There you go. Would you like to be one of the three <laughs> percent? Try to stump us. All right. Just kidding. Don't do that. Okay. So uh, now that that's out of the way. Yes. Welcome back from Colorado. Thank you. Thank you so much. You were gone for a while. Yep, I was gone for two nights. Two luxurious nights in, in the outskirts of Denver. You know, I, I don't think I told you this. No. Fire yeah. alarm went off both nights. What time? Both at um, the same time? No. First oh. one was at about 4 a.m. Uh-huh. Fortunately, I was not... I guess there was a different tower that had to like actually evacuate. You weren't, you weren't in one of those. I was not in that tower, but I did get the announcements from the Gaylord Rockies emergency management team. Sure. Telling me that they were investigating the alarm. And then they made like approximately 20 announcements. Like spaced, spaced just enough apart that I would like You're start to kind of drift off. And then I'd be like, um, so that was... I got there Tuesday, so that was Tuesday night. You know, I'd rather have an alarm system that works too well. It works so enough. well. It works so well. Yeah. And then Wednesday night. Okay, so no. So then it, it was Wednesday night. It was like I went to sleep Wednesday night and then Thursday morning at like 6, 6.30. Same thing happened. Not my wow. tower. I didn't have to evacuate my room, but I got the announcements. But that time there were only like three. So I was like, and I was like basically up. So it, it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. But the first night I was like, what is happening? And someone I ran into who I used to work with said that they complained about it when they checked out and they gave them $50. Like a $50 a credit. $50 bill? No, a $50 credit. Apparently, like, I guess it was like a malfunction there's like a lot of, they were doing a lot of construction. I see. Um, okay. I don't know what kind of malfunction could have happened at 4 a.m. And it's also possible that someone pulled the fire alarm. But what? it did seem interesting to me. Like, I feel like a point in the malfunction's favor was that it was like the same tower twice. Or it could have just been like a weirdo in that tower. A timely per- prankster. Yeah, a timely. Who's like, I gotta do this every day. A timely time. podcast prankster. Because I went to a podcast conference. Yes. Um, How many did you record? Did you appear on any podcast while you were out there? Um, I did not. Wow. Seems like a big miss on the podcast uh, conference's part. You know, I did see some people recording live podcasts, but 
Just like in, or not, in or the I lobby. I don't know if they were live. They're like, well, because you know, you're familiar with conventions. You've gone to Comic Con. I've gone been to, to many conventions. Been to many conventions. So you know, there's a convention floor. Yeah. And at Podcast Movement, the convention floor is taken up by like Patreon. Who's who brought me out? Mm-hmm. I was on a Patreon panel. They had a big probably because they were like, you know, you're eggheads. Really love this content. Can you come tell us about it? Um, they had a big presence there was like the iheart area the amazon music podcast area disney podcast had a area with like with a kitchen i'm sorry disney has a podcast arm or yes wing? they have a they have a podcast arm i think it's mostly like espn and abc this is the kind of like well, that's that's my corporate job Where where's my yeah uh, last time I looked on Disney's career website, that was not listed. Well, they had a whole, they had a booth, and they also had a freezer with <laughs> branded popsicles, and like one flavor was like ESPN branded popsicles, one flavor was ABC branded popsicles, sure. and then Disney branded popsicles. No Hulu. No, mm, that's too bad. Hulu didn't seem to be there. Um, there was a big like serious. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. At, at a, I feel like at a couple of these booths, they had like little areas where I saw people recording. Mm. But I don't know if it was like, if you were like an iHeart podcast, they would be like, hey, come record at Podcast Movement. Like, remember, I don't think you could remember just like, like walk in. five, six years ago when we were, I went to that um, food festival at Paramount, but I was there. Zach invited me because he was doing his podcast in a booth. Oh, yeah. Me and Michelle That's Branch, right. you know, yes. had a great time yes. recording a podcast at a f- at a food festival. Right, I feel like that I feel was like, like at a, a podcast thing. festival. This is like Disney's the same thing because they had a kitchen at a podcast festival slash conference. Yeah, whereas I was recording a podcast at, at a, a food, food festival. Conference. Totally. <laughs> um. So yeah, so it was pretty that was called fun. food is the new rock. Google it. Maybe the episode exists somewhere. Um, I ran into quite a few people who I like used to work with or knew or had some sort of like freelance thing with, and that was kind of cool. Um, podcast like the podcast industry as a whole, I think is, I think the people are like generally a little bit nicer than say like tech, even though it's sort of part of tech. No, it's different. But it's different. Podcast people are people who have been burned by everything else and have sought a, 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 a means to be their own boss. Yeah, that's probably accurate. That is, um, I mean, it's a tale as old as time, as far as the podcasting world is concerned. Right. Because, like, a, a few of the people that I ran it, I mean, and also, like, everyone has come from a different industry mm-hmm. for the most part. Except for like the young bucks who have like come up in podcasting. The wrestling tag team, the young bucks? Yes. Wow. Um, but I did like a couple of the people I was talking to were like, everyone's so nice here. <laughs> I was like, yeah. For now. For now. Yeah, exactly. Just wait till there's more money in podcasting. <laughs> well, there was briefly. and then Oh, it was a brief silly window where neither of us capitalized on it. And then they were like, never mind. Whoopsie. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I was there for three days, pretty much. Matt held down the fort here. 
Um, yeah, I got really into the nitty gritty of of that the Henry mornings. Dropped him off at his soccer camp. You know, got him out the door. We had a couple mornings where he was like, let's play golf in the morning mm. outside and hit them into the net. And I was like, sure. Um, he was still getting up very early for 450, 445. Um, he's like, I don't know. He's like, he's sleep adjacent right now. Yeah, something's weird going on with the sleep. Yeah, Dory suggests it might be some sort of cognitive development happening, uh, or that I make mornings too fun. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. He's been tired during the day because he's sleeping like not great. So it's the vicious cycle of of trying to get children to sleep. Then the other day he said to me, he said, mama, why do you wear that thing to sleep? And he's talking about the eye mask that I wear. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, it helps me sleep because it keeps things really dark. He said, "Mm, I think that would help me sleep. Yeah. So I've ordered him a child size eye mask. Well, I mean, look, I see him when he comes out to see me sometime in the morning, in the middle of the night, he has his little headphones on. Yeah, he did that today because, uh, yeah, like last night because he he woke up at like one yeah, and came in to the bedroom and said that he had peed through his diaper. And Which we so, had, we, we put him in his diaper as he was asleep, pretty much. Yeah, he basically passed out last night. Yeah, it carried him into his bed. Which uh, like has, that like never happens. Correct. So we skipped bath and everything and, and went straight for, let's put two diapers on him. Smartly, Dory insisted on that. I was going to go with just one diaper, but... Well, he peed through both anyway. Yeah. Um, so... Did he wake... Do you think that's why he woke up? Possibly. Mm. I don't know. But anyway, my point is that then <laughs> he kept, like, wearing his headphones to, like, walk through the living room because mm-hmm. you were snoring. Snoring. Like a cool guy? Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> I got. I've I've got a stuffy nose situation happening, which is like just the worst. So it's a snore city over here. It right doesn't now. help. Um, doesn't help the snoring that you have a cold. No, I would say it actually amplifies it. I just remembered like something. yesterday when I was, I went into Henry's room while he was like resting during the day. He was like, you do math problems? I was like, no, I'm just going to lay down and go to sleep. He's like, okay, but you can't snore because then we both won't sleep. I was like, all right. Whatever. Rude. <laughs> I like how just like matter of fact he is about it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad he's matter of fact about it. I was like in full. Like I woke up surrounded by tissues. <laughs> oh, um, you did test for COVID. I did this time. And it was negative. Negatory, good buddy. So. Maybe hit the tests again, you know? Yeah. It's it expensive when you want to keep testing for COVID. I know. It's annoying. It used to be free. Yeah. Well, I've found, like, I've, I've been buying these 
the eye eye health tests are the cheapest ones I can find. You can get like a five pack on Amazon for like $30. So it's like $6 a test. But that like adds up. Yeah, especially if you want to frequently test. Right. Which like, because I went to a concert on Friday. You sure did. And... Um, Dave and Buster's went to Dave and Buster's on Friday, as well as the PGA Tour Superstore. Matt's friend, in so beautiful Irvine, California. I, you know, when I threw Matt that surprise party with like three days' notice, yes, many of his friends already understandably had plans. Um, whatever. First weekend in August, people are like out of town, and yeah, busy, bullshit. Um, but one of his friends invited him as like a birthday present to go to the Dave Matthews band concert, which was very nice. Yeah. It was not like he had tickets either. He was like, Oh really? It's like, hey, I saw these tickets. Oh. They look pretty cheap. Let's do it. That's so nice. And then he had mapped out that there was a Dave and Buster's as well as a PGA tour superstore. Wow. He really, I don't think he realized how much time I would spend in the PGA tour superstore. <laughs> he had budgeted like half an hour. <laughs> well, like he said, we got time might as well. And then we did a cut. Co- we went to, we Went to Costco Gas, got Costco Gas, waited in that line because we wow. had so much time. Wow. It was pretty good. And then, like, we got a great parking spot at the concert where I was prepared to pay for parking. Did you text my mom about that? No, I should have texted her. Yeah. But he was like, oh, we already sold through all the premium parking. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, well, you could just go ahead up there and, you know, if you find a spot over there, you can park in it. And I was like, all right. I'm like, I see the spot. It's like, maybe not a spot, but is a spot. I'm like, I'm just going to pull in right here and then park and see if he says anything. And he was like, good job. He didn't say anything. <laughs> we left the car right there. It was prime parking. Wow. I know. Wow. It was genuinely like the best parking I've ever done at a concert. Wow. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that I didn't pay for the premium parking. Right. Nor did I pay for any parking because they only charge for premium parking there. Mm. At Five Points Irvine. <laughs> hey. Which is like in this weird area of Irvine. This is the last season, I guess, for this place. Is that where we saw Dave Matthews? I thought so. But that place was closing. Oh. And then this place is closing. Is it the same place? I don't know. Why does Dave Matthews love Irvine so much? I, you know what? I wish I could tell you the answer to that question. I don't know. Because didn't you tell me that like he doesn't like playing in LA? He doesn't love playing the bowl, no. But there, he does know that there are other venues in Los Angeles, right? Well, I think it's... I don't know. I don't know. They did Yamava <laughs> the day before. Right. So, So knows? he's not it, he's not playing like massive venues. I mean, I think it depends on... On the market? Yeah, he played there. He played two nights at the five points. And what's the capacity? I mean, probably like 15,000, 20,000. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, so like he could play Staples Center. Yeah, he used to. Like, why doesn't he do that? I'm not booking his tour. I don't know. You'll maybe have you, to talk to Red Light Management. Maybe you should book his tour. Call Corin Capshaw over at Red Light. Because I have some questions about his tour. Well, I couldn't. I was like trying to figure out the Yamava thing. They must have given him so much money to come there. Well, that's like, yeah, because I ran into Aaron at the Dave Matthews concert, and he was saying how he had heard, like he was online, it was that they had, before the show started, they had to move a bunch of people down to the front. 
because they had apparently like Yamava had like held a bunch of seats for high rollers and then didn't use them. Correct. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. I was like, so if I had just put a dollar in a slot machine there, I would have gotten an email about the tickets. Probably. I'm like so annoyed at myself, but also like. He's like, well, why would they do that? Why would they play there? I was like, because they probably guaranteed them. Yeah, like a shit ton of money. The money they would make from like a 50,000 seat arena right. and paid it up front. Yeah. And they don't care. They'll just right. go play for 3,000 people. Well, I mean, we saw them at the Cosmo. Yeah, that was an awesome show. And that was, that couldn't have been more than 3,000 people. That was pre-COVID. That was literally like the week before COVID. Yes, it was. And it was a hoot. It was very fun. I had a fun time that weekend. Um. Yeah, I think back to that time, and I'm just like, wow. Pre-COVID was a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a job and stuff. Could go to a casino. Mm -hmm. Oh, I what loved a, it. The, where, time. the warehouse was like, they didn't have tickets. Could, I couldn't get tickets to the fan club, the Dave Matthews Band fan club, so I had to like call the Cosmo. And they were like, give me your membership number. And I was like, here it is. They're like, let me check. Yeah. How many nights do you want to stay? <laughs> and I was like, mm, one, please. Do we stay one or two nights? We, we might stay two. At, we stayed at Green Valley one at least one night. And then we moved. Oh. Oh, wait. Yes, that was because Michelle's birthday. Right. Wow. We were at a birthday party in a small enclosed area, and then a casino full of coughing people, mm -hmm. and then a concert full of coughing people, and we did not get COVID. And then they shut the world down two weeks later. Mm -hmm. What a time. What a time. Well, listen. Anyway. You can email thanks us. Thanks to friend of the show, Chris Kula, for, yes, for taking you, me to that concert. Thank you, Kula. He's also the person, if anyone remembers me, complaining about having to move Dory's sleeper sofa when I had to build Henry's room out because mm -hmm. your sleeper sofa was in the... And it's very heavy. And I was like, I can't, the physics of it, I couldn't even get wrap my head around how I was supposed to do it by myself. He then, he was like, he listened to the podcast and like, was like, hey, I can move that sofa with you. He also brought food over when you had COVID. I mean, he's probably the number one friend of the show. Thank you, Chris Kula. Sign up for Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure if you would like to also be a friend of the show. Um, and you can also email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail, Matt and Dory at Gmail. Call or text us at 413-461-BABY. We do not have any voicemails this week, but we did get a good number of emails. So thank you for, for showing up on the email front, everybody. And we are going to take a little break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. 
Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, we're back. This is a this is like a dead silent boom. Yeah, Matt got a new boom. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. I needed one for a number of different reasons, but not the least of which was that Bo got himself tangled up in my mic cable and like was trying to exit underneath my desk and just like pulled it like he was fucking a, a Clydesdale. <laughs> uh, he is he is a funny dog. He's a powerful creature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who? Doesn't get people food anymore, much to his chagrin. That's 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 mostly true. He Wait, will, you've been giving it. him people food? I don't give it to him, but there are times when I, you know, we leave something on the table. I really try not to leave things on the table. I do too, mm. but Bo's smarter than us. Bo is smart. He'll distract us, and suddenly, guess what? He whatever's left of Henry's French toast is does gone. distract us. Bo. Well, listen. Let's get to our listeners. Okay, that was that was that sounds good to me. It's a double listen. Okay. 
Our this is first, from Christy. Oh, thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm 43, and after having thawed my 26 eggs earlier this year, resulting in a really discouraging one blast assist and that shockingly tested PGTA normal, starting my meds for a transfer of our only embryo in a few weeks, I had a question about progesterone injections. I've already started estrogen patches, and my doctor is really pushing me to get my partner involved in the meds. Okay. <laughs> Are the progesterone shots just really hard to do on your own? Has anyone tried to do them themselves? Dory, you did it yourself, didn't you? I mean, I did it a couple times, but... No, you mostly did it. I did? Yes. I don't and remember that. And there was that. one time where you had gone to Vegas. Oh, man, I love... Oh, I had to left, I had left Vegas early. She guilted me into leaving and Vegas I early. And I tried to do it myself... And it was a disaster, and I was really not in a good place. I don't even remember uh, giving you many injections. Honestly. Well, because I only did the progesterone shots once. Oh, okay. Like for one cycle. I mean, after that, I did the suppositories. So it wasn't, and and the regular shots I gave myself. So yeah, you only did them for you know whatever uh, six weeks or something. Partner squeamish about needles. And they froze their eggs before they were together. So this is all new for the for him. Is there any advice you could give about giving Dory the injections provided? That I, apparently I did. Uh, f- I mean, like anything that is like related to human meat, it, it's just meat. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you just haven't practiced on a steak. Mm. it's exactly the same kind of tissue mm-hmm. you know and the needle goes right through the needles are so sharp that you're not going to really feel anything you know mm. well you might feel it a little bit on the way out but not on the way in i feel it on the way out but not on the way in yeah i mean i think the thing about the progesterone shots is that the angle that you need to get is very awkward to access yourself it's not impossible but it is hard and awkward. And so that is why people often have other people do the progesterone shots in particular, because the other ones you can just do in your stomach and it's like not a big deal. The hip shot. It's like the back, but it's like not exactly in your butt. It's kind of below your butt. It's like right under your glute. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awkward to like, and also it's a very long needle. It's, it's, you can do it yourself, but it is awkward. I mean, here's my advice really just both of you. Relax, stay still, quick in, hold for six seconds, and then take it out. You're all done. Boom. It won't last very long. You can do it. You can both do it, you I swear. You can both do it. Um, anyway, my doctor said the transfer, if it, the transfer is successful, we could be on them till uh, they're 10 weeks pregnant, and it seems like really a long road with someone who might struggle in this area. If any listeners have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them sincerely. Soon to be pincushion, one non-sized toddler, one cat, one partner, one dog in Westchester, Los Angeles, seventeen hundred square feet, a seventy-inch TV in the living room. Where's Westchester? It is near the airport. Is that that like that the fake town? Oh, um, a little town by the airport that people may or may not live in. You know, it's a it's part of Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I know that because she said it. It's like right by. Um, Give me the cross street. It's right by Playa Vista. Oh, okay. That's kind of what Irvine. That this area is that what Irvine Wikipedia like. says. Westchester is a neighborhood in the city of Los Angeles and the West Side region of Los Angeles County, California. It's home to Los Angeles International Airport. Yep. 
Loyola Marymount University, Otis oh, College yeah. of Art and Design, and Westchester Enriched Sciences Magnet Schools. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty good swath. Yep. There you go. Um. Okay, but yes, would love to hear from other listeners who maybe have done this themselves, who've gotten their partners to be less squeamish about it. I, 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 let, let's hear everything. Okay. This next email is from anonymous pause the pod writing in about the saline sonogram and lightheadedness this is from a couple this came up a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. for me the saline sonogram and endometrial biopsy my doctor did them together was intolerable and i definitely had pain lightheadedness and dizziness i ended up having a hysteroscopy instead which was much more of an ordeal more expensive invasive etc but at least my doctor was able to get what he needed and make sure my uterus was clear pre-transfer and it was pain-free and i slept through in under iv anesthesia it was worth it for not to be so uncomfortable and difficult there are so many things that are uncomfortable and difficult about the process that i put my foot down on this one sounded like you had concerns about having the same reaction to the transfer to me the transfer felt completely different more like a pap smear And my doctor gave me Valium before to help relax my uterus. He probably would have given me a Xanax too if I had asked. If you are okay with a pap smear, you are probably all good with the transfer. They will also do a mock transfer day of and maybe even earlier so you can see what it feels like and prepare what you need to get through it. Two science babies under five, no hot dogs this year or ever. I threw up once after eating a hot dog as a kid and then I spent the rest of my childhood telling people I was allergic. Best of luck. I just realized this person asked to be anonymous. Where did you say their name? Yes, in the beginning. Mm, interesting. Hang on one second. We go get rid of that. Sorry. Now people will be like, oh, that's why he's there. The weird edit happened. Yep. <laughs> Anonymous. Oh, that was pretty funny. Um, thank you, Anonymous. I did it in real time, by the way. Like, I didn't, this, it wasn't a later thing because I was like, if I do it later, it's not happening. I'm going to forget. Right. No, I'm glad you did that. So here we are. Also, because it took like two seconds. Yeah, I know. It's not about the time it would take. It's about my brain forgetting. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Mm. I sure do. Um, Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it as well. Um, I like the idea of a mock transfer the morning of. (laughs) Seems like a waste of time. Just to do it that morning, it seems like, well, I can't prepare. Mm. You know? You do it like at least give you a day. Sure. Yeah. Look, I also had a hysteroscopy, so I know the feeling. That's true. You do know that. Um. All right, Matt. Do you want to read the next email? Sure. This is from Maddie. Uh, hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, Bo. So first time writing in. Been listening for many years. Came across uh, this from um, Forever Thirty Five, suspecting that it had some. That at some time, all the various knowledge would come in handy, and now here we are. After surgery for endometriosis earlier this year, my partner and I finished our first medicated IUI, triggered ovulation, with uh, and progesterone. The IUI was unsuccessful, which was a disappointment, but not surprising, given my partner's lower-than-optimal sperm count. You know, maths. The advice of our fertility specialist is to try one more round, just in case the cheaper option works, and proceed to IVF after that. To optimize our chances, thankfully, having listened to the pod, I felt somewhat prepared, at least mentally, if not emotionally, for the prospect of having to try different treatments and for what the treatments might be like. 
What I did want to ask about was your eggheads' experiences of their period after the unsuccessful cycle. Mine was extremely painful and unusual, starting with spotting, and then, sorry to be graphic, rather than blood, I passed uterine tissue. I initially thought I was having an early miscarriage, but according to the OBGYN, uh, it was uh, decadual cast. Decadual? I think it's decidual. Decidual is that is a, that is probably exactly what that word is. The shame I feel for pronouncing it <laughs> in two very dumb ways, uh, which is when your uterine lining doesn't break down, but sheds as a single uh, as a single piece or larger pieces. A phenomenon I'd never previously heard of, but apparently it's more common when you're taking progesterone. Also, I think because of the progesterone, my lining was particularly thick. Uh, and so, as normally low iron person, my iron levels have plummeted post-period, meaning that I have also been feeling incredibly weak and lethargic the past week on top of the pain, which interfered with my sleep. I couldn't find anything in the group, so I was just wondering if you could put out the signal to see if other people have experienced the decidual cast or otherwise very heavy periods following an unsuccessful cycle. My GP has put me onto a different supplement regime which will hopefully help me with the iron, but I'm trying to plan whether I might need to take a break between the IUI and the IVF if the IUI doesn't take uh, to get an iron infusion to bolster my levels and just prepare myself mentally as to what to expect, including if the decidual cast could happen again. On another note, the decidual cast came out at night, and in the Googling that followed before I could call my clinic in the morning, it struck me that a lot of health information doesn't include images. I was reliant on places like Reddit uh, and Mumsnet to see images of what other women had experienced. And on these posts, uh, the question of what is this is often left unanswered, which added to my own initial confusion. On the other hand, I understand that seeing photos can be upsetting and isn't for everyone. It could be potentially confusing or misleading, given that our experiences are so varied. On the other hand, it seems like such a disservice that a lot of medical advice from more trusted web sources about women's health is written uh, only rather than visual, ranging from what is normal in terms of periods to what is expected if you experience a miscarriage. While having a visual aid to understand what you're experiencing obviously can't replace the direct medical advice from a doctor and won't lessen the trauma, I know at least that I would have felt more empowered in the lead up to my endometriosis diagnosis, for example, to have a visual reference of what constitutes heavy bleeding or a larger usual clot, or in this case, the process, my feelings about the very odd looking thing that, that I fished out of the toilet. I imagine that the lack of images is also disempowering for people with literacy challenges or difficulty accessing medical advice in their first language. If you or any other eggheads had any thoughts about it, I'd love to hear them. Might be another thing on the long list. Uh, of the way the health system underserves women. Long email. Feel free to edit me down. I did not at all. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Maddie, Sydney, Australia. Two adults. Uh, two adult humans in a thousand square foot apartment. One depressingly empty spare bedroom. No pets. One 43 inch TV. No hot dogs. Had one beef sausage with onions on a single slice of white bread with tomato sauce after uh, voting in our state election earlier this year, a.k.a. sausage sigil, a.k.a. democracy sausage. <laughs> I know those from Pluey. Uh, P.S. I know it was directed. Uh, this is directed. Is this what is this happening here? Okay, I know this was directed at Hannah from from Tassie. You you count. You're you're also from Australia. I don't think there's a really classic Aussie Christmas music there movie. There are a handful of movies 
that tried to be that, but are pretty terrible. Except for maybe Crackers, which is a dysfunctional family comedy from the 90s. I'm not sure if it's aged well. The Christmas-adjacent movie that is most successful as a film would be the horror movie uh, Wake and Fight, which is both ironic and terrifying. If you haven't seen it, there's more quality in the Australian summer genre, in my opinion. Which Isn't that the Christmas genre? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my experience with Christmas, which I think is fairly standard for people of Anglo and European background in Australia, is eating all the traditional Northern Hemisphere style food that's inappropriate for the weather or <laughs> for lunch, as well as some summer concessions like prawns and passion fruit, passion fruit pavlova and air conditioning before going to the beach for an evening swim if it isn't raining, which it often does in the muggy summers. In Sydney, the beaches usually be packed with backpackers getting drunk and sunburned. The next five days until New Year's Eve are spent on the couch eating leftovers, watching a traditional Boxing Day test match, cricket, and taking naps. From what I know of him, I think Bandit Healer would be doing the same. Hmm. Thank you, Maddie. Well, um, okay, so if you're not familiar, decidual cast is when your uterine lining sheds in one large piece as compared to drips and drops like your menstrual period. It can be painful, but it's rare. The large piece of tissue resembles the shape of your uterus. It doesn't usually cause long-term complications. That is from the Cleveland Clinic website. Um, I remember my period being... I do remember my period being extra heavy. I don't remember having a decidual cast, but I'd be curious to hear what others. Would you like a visual guide to women's health? Would I personally? Yes. No. I, yes. What? I'm, just, I'm asking based on her question. Really, she was. There was a couple paragraphs about not having any sort of idea visually of what what she was looking for. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear from anyone else who has um, experience with this. All right. We're going to take another break and we will be right back. Okay. And we're back. Hello. Um, all right. We have another email. Um about new yankee workshop great this is from kate hi matt and dory new yankee workshop is the best i've been working my way through all the episodes and my five-year-old is <laughs> super into it she's got all kinds of questions ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. About what kind of saws or other tools he's using. And whenever we're in Home Depot, she points to everything and asks, does Norm Abram have one of those? Yes, he does. Her favorite part is the end when he takes the furniture into the finishing room and stains or paints it or whatever. Kids are weird. And I think that if the choice is either no TV or whatever their parents are watching, they'll go for the latter more often than not. 
The whole sixth season is projects for kids, and I now feel reg- field regular requests for a playhouse. <laughs> we live in a townhouse with no yard and a dollhouse. He makes a replica of the workshop, which is actually awesome. When you guys have spoken about a possible move back to the East Coast, I've often thought it is too bad this old house doesn't have a writer's room because what a dream job that would be. Get that resume dusted off if there's ever a host opening, though, Matt. Oh, my God. I would love to host the new... The, this old house is, is... You know, this old house is currently hosted by... And he's been doing it for the last, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Uh, a guy that was uh, in a couple that had their house on this old house. Really? Yeah. And they were like, oh, this guy's great. He should host the show if Bob ever leaves. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Not Bob, the second guy, whoever the second host was after Bob Vila. I forget his name, but yeah. And then there's this guy. Um, Sending all my best. Hope the strikes get resolved and you get a fair deal soon. I have a few friends that work in the film industry up here and times are really tough right now. Looking forward to the new Yankee Workshop video game and the eventual companion podcast. (laughs) Kate in 1,537 square feet outside of Vancouver. Two adults, two children, 37-inch TV, lost count of the hot dogs, but at least four at Ikea and eight at home. Regrettably, have never been to a Wegmans. P.S. The latest season of Top Chef was in London, and episode 11's challenge was to make beef Wellington. So if your Wellington interest branches beyond Gordon Ramsay, check it out. Second, P.S. I've been to Cooper Pedy (laughs) and stayed in an underground hotel. The flies in the Australian outback are truly unreal. We had to change a flat tire once, and one of us had to wave a towel around furiously to continually shoo the flies off of the other one who was changing the tire, and they go straight for your eyes for the moisture. Truly a oh, nightmare. God. Ugh. Gross. Um, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll show the kid season of this old house to Henry. I feel like he might enjoy that. Um... You mean the kid season of the New Yankee Workshop? Sorry, I meant New Yankee Workshop. Yes. Well, I wouldn't mind a kid's this old house where like, they go and try and fix dollhouses up. That would be kind of funny. Or they just, kids try to fix real houses. Just give kids a bunch of power tools and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. All right, kids, I want you to build a deck. Yeah, I feel like like you know that Japanese show where the, like, the two-year-olds like go to the grocery store alone? Yes. It would be kind of like that. Um, with more blood with more blood sure okay phoebe writes in to say that there are not one but two documentaries about the market basket strike in 2014 what we the people which used to be free on prime but now i think you have to rent it and food fight which you can watch for free on youtube (laughs) my husband forced me to watch one of these don't remember which one when i moved in with in in revia (laughs) he said it was necessary for my local education I've never regretted it, and I still drive 15 minutes past my local grocery store, a stop and shop, every week to shop at a market basket. Nice. It's just the best. I have no idea how stop and shop stays in business. That's, you know, laziness is my guess. Yeah. <sighs> um, Matt, I'm surprised you've never seen either of these movies. Uh, they never even occurred to me that they would exist. Wow. I, you know, if I lived, I think if I lived back east, I'd yeah, know of them. I can't believe, like, John never told you about them. I mean, maybe. Seems like something he would watch. Maybe it's big in Revere. Maybe it's big in Revere. Good point. Um, all right. Katie writes to say, my family is considering traveling to Austin, Texas next year for spring break and the April 2024 solar eclipse. Whoa. What is the weather like in Austin in April? What do you think our 
are our chances for clear skies versus overcast conditions that would cause eclipse viewing to be a bust? Do you have any recommendations for fun things to do in Austin with an eight-year-old? Aside from visiting family, do you enjoy Austin? Thanks for all you do and for being the slowest message board ever. Katie, in 1,900 square feet with two adults, one kid, three cats, one hamster, seven or so hot dogs, three TVs that are large-ish, I believe ranging from 42 to 65 inches, but I don't really remember and don't feel like measuring them. So this might not be accurate. (laughs) April in Austin. That's usually South by, right? No, South by is in March. Yeah. All right. So give or take. So actually, it's pretty good. April, yeah, I think April is actually a good month for this. I, I just Googled it. The average high in April in Austin is 80 degrees. And it says four days of rain, which is low. Yeah. Um, Especially because they're supposed to be bringing May flowers. Exactly. They have, they, on average, they get the most rain in May. Wow. Who knew? So, you know, uh, hard to say, but I think it's like probably a decent time to go. I would not go after May. I would not go June, July, August, September. It's fucking hot. Like really hot. So hot. Yeah. Um, fun things. But then again, where isn't super hot now? No, but it's like really hot. It's like over a hundred, like, like every day. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, Solar eclipses are a lot of fun. I've seen a couple in in my life, and uh, you know, just don't look, don't look at them directly with your eyeballs. Um, listeners might have some good suggestions for activities for eight year olds. We had a we had a fun time in Austin with Henry, but we did stuff I think more geared to like little kids. Like, there's a great um, children's museum called the Thinkery that he really enjoyed, but. I feel like it might be a little young for an eight-year-old. Just my, just my sense. Um, so if anyone who lives in Austin has suggestions or people who go there have suggestions, let us know. Um, I do enjoy Austin. But yeah, I wouldn't go in the summer. I liked it more without kids. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, all right. So... Maddie, who wrote in about the decidual cast, said that they were not familiar with any Australian Christmas movies. Correct. But Leah from New Zealand Uh. says there is a New Zealand Christmas movie. Okay. That seems to feature plenty of New Zealand Christmas fare, the beach, camping, barbecues, etc. The aptly named Kiwi Christmas is definitely a kid's movie, so not one I've seen myself, (laughs) but it was the best and only one I could find. Maybe Taika or someone will make one for us someday. Well, you know, he's half Jewish. Well, you know, Peter Jackson could step up to the plate. That's true. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that there was something out there. Leah lives in a small Auckland apartment, soon to move to a townhouse with a 65-inch TV and no pets. Boo. <laughs> um, all right. Last email from Melissa. As I was driving home from driving my son to preschool through the fields of Camarillo, listening to the latest episode, I had to stop for the surf liner to pass by. I rolled down the windows for my daughter to see. And as the warm, humid air flowed in and we heard the train whistle, um, I thought, are Dory's parents on that train? (laughs) They could have been. It was about 8.50 a.m. on Monday the 21st and the train was heading towards Santa Barbara. Did I spot their train? I have to know. I thought it was pretty funny. Thanks, Melissa B. Um, No. That was not their train. Their train left Union Station in Los Angeles at 
8.50 a.m. Oh. So that was probably the earlier train. But, you know, I appreciate that you were thinking of them. I do, too. I do, too. Um, all right. Well, as Matt mentioned earlier, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. And, uh, yeah, if you support us at the $5 level or above, you also get your name read on the podcast each month as a little thank you. It's a big thank you. Oh, that reminds me. I keep meaning to uh, reinstate the $25 level for anyone who wants a fun fact by request. A made-up fact about you based solely on me reading your name. That's, yeah, which is something that we used to do a long time ago, and then... It went away. It went it away. It too much of a pain in the butt. Um, but now I've got a lot more time. Yeah. So and sounds like some people want it. So I will be putting that back on the Patreon before this goes up. Okay. Thank you to the following supporters: AJB, Anonymous, Audrey, Aurora and Zelda, Ainsley, Bertha Crowley, CJ, Claire One, Crescent Martin, Daniel Trefero, Deanna McLean, Eleanor Powell, Elizabeth K, Elizabeth Kanami, Ellen F, Jane Ennis, Jen Brennan, Jessica. Julia from Germany. Justine Adamick. Justine Valla. Captain Cybertrini, his comm badge on his brown coat, batleth in hand. Chris Knife, unsheathed. Okay. Yeah. KK. <laughs> Laura Bennett. Laura Madge. Lauren Sheffalo. Lauren Johnston. Mara Foss. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Mary Elizabeth Murphy. Maud Tremblay. Melanie Braunbeck. Melissa Frazier. Nicholas Skidmore. Narantha. Paige Schumacher. Phoebe Boone. Rosina Bosco. Samantha. Shanna Mandel. Stephen H. And Vanessa Ferguson. Thank you all so very much. We appreciate you. We really do. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.